dismantling systemic oppression, strengthening local economies, fostering equity and inclusion, cultivating communities for social good. We are motivated to leave the world a more just and compassionate place than we found it. A lofty goal? Maybe. An unreachable goal? Absolutely not. This is Impact Out Loud, the podcast that empowers bold impact for good, powered by Prospera Partners. Your hosts, Vicky Pazaban, Eileen Everett, and Ray Miller, aren't pulling any punches. They are diving deep, unpacking the challenges facing the nonprofit and social sectors, what is and isn't working, and offering systems-level solutions to address the truly transformational leadership that's needed for social enterprises to better their communities. This is the Impact Out Loud podcast. Now here are your hosts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Impact Out Loud. We're excited to be here with you today. I'm Vicki Pazabon, and joining me, as always, Eileen and Ray. Let's do a little check-in. How are you both? I'm doing great. I'm always excited to be in conversation with the two of you and, and excited to see where things go because we just never know where we're going to kind of meander in our in our thoughts. So I know we're going to be diving into social impact. And yeah, I'm eager to see where we end up. Ray, how are you doing? I'm good. I uh, actually just re-listened to a couple episodes this morning and it is interesting. I think this is the first time I've ever recorded any of my conversations. Um, So it's great hearing them back and yeah, excited to dig into it today. Awesome. Yeah, I want to thank everyone who's been listening. Actually, it's nice to have a growing audience. So shout out to the folks that are downloading and uh, subscribing. So keep it up. We love having you. We know you're out there now. We know who we're talking to, which is kind of nice (laughs) when you start doing these things, right? We're like, who's going to be hearing us? We don't know, but it's good to be here. And Vicki, how are you doing and what are you excited about for today? I'm good. So social impact is actually one of my favorite conversations and I'm really kind of geeking out on getting into it today. So I think we should just get right into it. How about that? Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, so I was recently on the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast and we were talking about social enterprise in general, of course, but also how the definition of social enterprise has really shifted and changed over the years and what it now includes and how it's become more expansive because the work has changed. So the impact has grown. The focus areas of social impact have changed and grown. So that got me thinking about how we talk about social impact. And I think, Eileen, it may have been you really recently, maybe even this week, where you said in one of our um, our team meetings that, you know, if you know who we are and what we do and what we talk about, and you're used to all these, <laughs> all the jargon that we use, you're fine with it. You're comfortable with it. If you don't, and it's just not your world, you don't know what, what it is that we're talking about. And when it comes to social impact, I think that's very, an important distinction because, I feel like people do social impact without knowing that they're doing it. And part of our job as consultants and facilitators is to educate on what it is and to guide people doing it better. 
right? To have the impact that they want to have. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to define it today, or we're going to attempt to define it because it's a big topic. And we're just going to dig into what does it really mean to do social impact? So I'm going to open us up to that conversation. What do you think, Eileen? Yeah, I I really love the, I just want to say appreciation for how much I love the modeling that we're trying to do on this podcast too, around encouraging ourselves and our clients and others in the world to come to a place of shared understanding. And I think often we use words and we've been doing this through the podcast of not just saying, here's words like systems change, but what do we actually mean by that? And since we do use social impact so much, I think it's, it's a great opportunity for us to dive into, well, what do we mean by that? And like so many other things in the world, it's not going to remain static. Right. Ray, do you have any initial thoughts? I feel like I have a lot of thoughts. One thing that was coming up for me, first of all, too, in framing is coming back to that reminder of transformational leadership as well, knowing that social impact does take many forms. And so it's really important to be rooted in that I, we, it framework to understand, right? Like no single human is going to change the world single-handedly. So it's there's a value there in knowing what are the spaces you're operating in? What are the roles you're stepping into? And how does that connect to social impact and like the impact that you aspire to see in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've talked about this already on the podcast about especially those in the nonprofit sector who think they can change everything all at once. <laughs> Not possible. So I'm actually going to bring us to the United Nations. It's their sustainable development goals, but they also have an agenda specifically for 2040 that we're going to talk about because it's really expansive and there's a lot to unpack with it. And we've already been doing so much of it. I, I'm not just, I'm not talking about we, Prospera Partners. I mean, the world in general, those who are doing this work. So Eileen, do you want to talk a little bit more about these sustainable development goals? Yeah. So there are 17 sustainable development goals, but I will say I've also seen these specifically referenced as points of social impact. So it feels really relevant to the conversation today. I'm just going to read the list. We'll, on the website, provide a link for folks who want to dig in deeper, but I'm just going to read the list of 17 goals. Again, this is the United Nations Sustainable Sustainable Development Goals. So no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, Industry, innovation, and infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, life below water, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, and partnerships for the goals is the 17th one. And what I want to name just reading these and and reflecting on them is it brings, brings it back to my own experience with social impact and this meandering journey to, to really try to understand what is social impact. And I feel like even looking at these sustainability goals, 
so much of the early part of my career was focused on conservation and the environment, nature, the outdoors, and conserving these places. And I started my career as a wildlife biologist because I really felt attached to the landscapes and the species and the biological diversity and, and how do we really get into as humans our roles in protecting ecosystems because we benefit from those things as well, vice versa, and connections to the land and the outdoors, all of it, even the spiritual part of all of it as well. And, and I realized in my own journey that I ended up moving from that place around wanting to protect landscapes and species and, and ecosystems and, and move towards, well, if we want to do that, I have to work with people and then made that leap to education and working with youth all around the state and providing that opportunity for youth to connect with the outdoors in ways that were meaningful for them in hopes that people would create their own ethics around conservation and protecting the environment in all different ways. And it, it's really been the last several years that I've really gotten even more solid because I've also had this intense interest for many years around social justice and inequalities of the world and what is our role individually and collectively in addressing these things and changing the world to benefit people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like social impact is the way that brings all of those things together for me is that we can't protect the environment and species and landscapes if we're not focused on people. And if we're not focused on the social, the impact, what's the change, what's the vision. And so for me, these sustainability goals, everything from no poverty, to life on land and life below water are all interconnected. I know Ray said this earlier as we were getting ready for our conversation today, uh, was really bringing it back to the interconnectedness and the systems that we have in place. So thanks for letting me share that because to me, it's like it all comes back to social impact. And if we're not thinking about those pieces, how can we ever have any other impact in the world? Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring in over the years, <laughs> I have tried in various talks or, you know, when I'm leading a workshop or doing some sort of education around social impact, trying to define it. Like, what is the definitive thing? There isn't a definition of social impact that everyone uses. The UN doesn't define it. There's just nothing out there. So what I found that I use and reference all the time is this article by the Center for Social Impact Strategy at the University of Pennsylvania. And the author, Ariel Schwartz, lists that if you, if you Google social impact definition, there are multiple definitions of it. And so this article actually invites leaders in social impact to define it. And there are so many different definitions, but the heart of it and what I love is actually one of the first definitions that I've seen is from the Center for Social Impact, which says this, social impact can be defined as the net effect of an activity on a community and the well-being of individuals and families. It's one sentence, right? I love that. It's shortened to the point. And then there's all these great people who are leaders in this work who dig into that. What does that really mean? Just like you did, Eileen, really getting into like, it started for you coming out of a biology background and really connecting to land and nature. And what does that mean for social impact? And how does that permeate into all the other areas? So I think that's a great place for us to sort of keep digging in and, and making those links too. The other thing that I think is really great is that 
the UN agenda, specifically for 2040, links these five areas, the, the five Ps. Now, there used to be what we called the three Ps, <laughs> which was people, planet, profit. And that was the way for businesses to really engage in and to have impact in the world, in their communities, et cetera, et cetera, was to really look at people, planet, profit. Now it has expanded to five Ps, which are people, planet, prosperity, peace, and partnership. And I love that because, as Eileen mentioned, we can't do this alone. We need partners. And it's about linking all of those five Ps to do all of the things that need to be done for social impact. And I'd love to bring it back to the people piece through how personal the work is and connecting that to transformational leadership. We were talking about leading in difficult times. I also brought up how leadership isn't just for the established leader or someone who's in a position of power. This is something mm -hmm. that we all can be thinking about. Right. And I love this framing because it brings in something else we talk about a lot of like legacy or what it means to be a good ancestor. And I think that is connected into social impact as well. I think that that can often get highlighted through like death and grief, right? Like we see how impactful people just leave this like imprint on our lives, right? Like, you know, social impact could be that, right? Somebody who's formed and shaped their life in a way that they're moving through the world that inspires others to do the same. I see that as social impact. And that isn't always operating in a specific container. It's an approach to how they're living their lives. And I think that also ties into the systems thinking and something we talk about a lot as well, right? People see their work as their work. And then my life is over here. But I also think that these goals and thinking about social impact is also, again, like you said, highlighting that interconnectedness where it's not just what you're doing at your job. It's how you're showing up in the world, how you're making decisions, how you're relating to people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I feel like what you just shared, Ray, made my mind go a little bit of a different direction of also just thinking about impact and this idea of impact generally being, I hesitate to use the word, but lofty, you know, visionary. It's this kind of North Star far away. And also how impact can be immediate. I mean, we saw this over the last three years, moving through the pandemic, early on in the pandemic, that people were reaching out to their neighbors and out to their communities through amazing things like mutual aid or businesses that were restaurants offering, you know, pay what you can. That has impact, right? It allows people to be seen as human and allows people to have their basic needs met. And that going back to that definition that you shared, Vicki, around well-being for individuals and families and well-being for communities too. So my mind's kind of going in that direction a bit as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to dig into that in the second part of this session when we talk more about social enterprise and the impact that social enterprises can have and the expanded definition of that. But I have always, always believed that local 
and thinking locally. I mean, yeah, we have the tagline. What is that phrase? Think locally, act globally. Act no, what, think globally, act. I think that's locally. right. Yeah. Think, think locally, act globally. Right. Or, yeah, or act, I'm all, think, think globally, act locally. Yeah, think yes. global, act local. Right. I'm always thinking and acting local because it is immediate. It's my backyard. It's my community. It's my neighbors. It's my friends. It's my, you know, my favorite taco joint. It's my favorite place to go shop for gifts for friends. It's my favorite chocolatier. You know, there's all these things in our community that we don't even see how they're impacting our communities. And that's through an economic tax base. So thinking about doing stuff locally and how do you impact things locally? Like, I feel like there's a really huge leap that people make. I can't really make it of how do I deal with climate change? Little me in my little casita in Santa Fe, New Mexico, what is my part in climate change? It's so huge. Where do we begin? It's such a big problem. We feel the effects of it on a daily basis, but how can I truly do something that makes sense to me? And so I feel like that's often an issue because people are thinking so globally, they can't they get stuck in how do I have any impact and you just give up. I'd love to use this as an opportunity to bring up social movements. And I feel like I learned this early where people have this fixation on the president, which, you know, is a valuable position yet knowing that any social movements were not starting with the president, right? It was often generations or decades and people on the ground that were championing these movements that then led to more large-scale impact. So just in that Mm -hmm. same vein of local, maybe it is starting in your neighborhood, but there's a momentum that can build there as well. And like right when we talk about politics, sometimes your mayor, your governor is actually more accessible and the person who's more likely to change your environment. And maybe that leads to larger impact, but right, starting in what is closest to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this, of course, in the local food system movement work over the years is that it is about how far your food is traveling to get to your plate and how healthy that food is, the closer it is grown to your plate. That isn't always sustainable. The reality is, is that we do live in cities. We do live in places where... If you're in a rural community, you have to get your food to somewhere else if you're a farmer, or you have to go buy your food somewhere else. And often the food miles are expanded because of that. Not everybody can grow their own food. We can't expect people to grow their own food. It's actually kind of expensive to get set up to grow your own food. There was a a book, I can't remember the name of it now, but it came out probably about 10 years ago, and it was a... um, this guy, and I think he was in Brooklyn, who tried to grow his own food in his backyard in Brooklyn. And he logged all the costs. And he's like, one carrot cost me like $400. Like, by the time you put all the effort into it, like, that's not sustainable. And expecting people to do that is not sustainable either. So what is sustainable is thinking about the impact of the entire food system, right? And so I use it as an example because I've 
been working in the food system for so long, and it's just an easy reference for me. But, you know, talking about all the different parts, the components, all the things that go into a food system, that's part of the impact. And it's the logistics, it's the distribution system, it's the growing of things in season and off season in greenhouses, how it gets delivered, how it gets processed, who's involved in the growing of those things, fair wages, all of it. I'm going to bring it back to the I, we, it framework as well of it being social movements in this case and bringing it back even to the I of Vicki, when you were sharing about climate change and, and your own challenges around, well, what do you do about this huge thing? It brought to mind for me, this article I wrote, it's probably been, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago around, around how understanding climate change saved my life. And I was doing the I, we, it back then before I even knew what I, we, it framework was <laughs> of understanding that if we're just trying to move to this completely altruistic place and right. take ourselves out of the equation, then we're missing key motivation for change within ourselves and around us. And that idea of even thinking about in, in that piece that I wrote many years ago, it was this idea of once I understood that I could play a role that how did I view it as my own health and well-being? So some of us in the world are privileged enough to have a car and drive it around and use all the resources in that way. But also, what does it look like to not drive a car? What does it look like to use public transportation and walk and bike? And how taking those actions that if I viewed the motivation as being for my own health and well-being, as well as for the planet and climate change, it changed the conversation. Because often if we're just saying, well, I'm going to do the thing, the good thing, the right thing, just to do the good or right thing, we're not going to actually change our behavior. Mm -hmm. It's like performative and it's going to be short term. So just bring it back to social movements of how do we bring it back to the health and well-being of ourselves? I mean, this this even connects to social justice. You know, my liberation is tied to your both of your liberations and tied to everybody else's liberation. So if I bring it back to myself and being motivated for my own liberation, being tied to your liberation, it changes the behavior. It changes my behavior. It changes my longer term commitment to this Absolutely. kind of change. Yep. And I'd love to just add a layer in, and I can't remember if we've talked about it or not, but I know we have outside of the podcast and another phrase that has many definitions that gets used a lot in this work is capacity building. And I feel like that's what you're touching on as well, Eileen, of capacity building is used a lot and sometimes can have this like grand scale to it. And it's on that that individual level of how am I building my own capacity to be more resilient and be able to show up and feel taken care of in doing this work. Because as we also know, there is no finish line, right? In that same way, we can't be altruistic. Like, we know this work started before we were born, it started generations ago, and it's going to continue. So we can't be stuck in a martyrdom as well. And capacity building comes from that preservation of self in that way, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A big yes to what you just said, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up and our part two is coming up and we're going to dig into social enterprise and the work of social enterprise to address some of the social impacts. So we're going to wrap it up. But before we do, we have to do our WTF or aha moment. 
So what is your WTF or aha moment from either today's conversation or from the week that we've had? Because we do record on Fridays. So I open it up to you. Well, maybe I'll start with one of our previous podcasts and this mindset of cultivating what's possible. I think it's both an aha and WTF because I think we're still not doing enough of that slash a multiple truths, right? And there are a lot of people doing that that aren't getting the resources or attention or platforms. So yeah, I just see us still getting so stuck in fighting each other or resentment towards each other without always looking towards where we can actually like build bridges, build relationships and that imp- right it comes back to social impact, capacity building, all the things we've talked about today. Eileen. I think my aha for today is around I have spent a lot of my life dreaming big, visioning big, but then I always used to call it like rolling up my sleeves and actually doing the work for that change, not just being I I get so frustrated and we've I've said this in previous podcasts around words, like people say a lot of words and where's the action and I like taking action. But I think what I'm gonna take away from today's podcast is also the reminder around impact and action at a small scale, locally. Um, even in the ways that we all interact with each other on our team, how we show up for one another and how those shifts, and Vicki, you always articulate this the best. It's like when we change ourselves, we change the systems in the world around us. And and it's it's true. I mean, I see it in the work every week with the two of you. So thank you for being in this conversation today. Vicki, how about you? What's your WTF or AHA? Well, I think mine is both like Ray's was a both of a little bit of WTF and a little bit of aha. I'm sitting with personal accountability this week. It's come up in a number of conversations with, in our team, with clients, with friends. I feel like personal accountability is something that we need to step up our game. (laughs) Frankly, maybe we'll have another podcast topic about that. It would be a good one. So I'm just going to leave that out there for you, listeners, thinking about your own personal accountability. What is your role in whatever it is that you feel is the thing that is sticking in your craw? You may have some personal accountability around that. That's all I have to say for this week. (laughs) Thank you both so much. And we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to Impact Out Loud. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Impact Out Loud podcast, the podcast that empowers bold impact for good, powered by Prospera Partners. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to Impact Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts and follow Prospera Partners on your favorite social media. If you are inspired to make community-based solutions and systems change, Prospera Partners offers workshops and programs that are open to all. For more information, visit prosperapartners.org. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be well and do good.